You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. I am Seth Peterson. Hi, I'm Debbie Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Josh Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast to coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is... Dr. Suzanne Topper. From Livingston Animal and Avian Hospital out of Lutz, Florida... The show is produced in-house by the ever-so-lovely and talented Miss Lexi Lapp. Hello. Hi, Lexi. Hi. And, of course, answering your calls when you call in to 844-287-2876 is none other than the bear himself, Mr. Zach Buden. Don't act like you're not impressed. 844-287-2876. That's Zach's. Uh, you'll talk to him when you call in. But we got a special guest joining us in this hour. His name is Fred Kaufman, and he's the executive producer for the Acclaimed Nature series. Of course, we're going to be talking about the penguins out there, so stay tuned for that. It's Penguins Spy in the Huddle. So stay tuned. We're going to find out a little bit more about that when it's going to be broadcast on television. So we'll be uh, speaking with uh, Fred in just a couple of minutes, but we welcome your calls and your questions as well at 844-287-2876. But once again, I'm John Patch. And I'm Dr. Sue Topper. I'm Lexi Lapp. And the bear. And this is Talking Pets. For two decades, Fred Kaufman has been a leading executive in the natural history genre. As the executive producer of the acclaimed nature series, Kaufman has won multiple Emmy and Peabody Awards. We want to welcome him on to the program of Talking Pets, Mr. Fred Kaufman. Hey, Fred, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks, John. It's great to have you on the show. I want to introduce you to Dr. Suzanne Topper and our producer, Lexi Lapp. Hi. Hi, Fred. Hi. And, of course, the rest of America that's tuning in right now to Talking Pets, and we're going to be talking with you, Fred, about penguins, spy in the huddle. Um, there's a lot going on with this series. It's a three-part series, I'm correct. Is that right? Yes. Tell us, first of all, a little bit about you, because personally, I've been reading up a little bit about your background, and all I can say is, um, wow, quite impressive. <laughs> well, John, I'm, I'm sort of the least likely person to be doing what I'm doing. I grew up in the Bronx, New York, and um, I was a Yankee fan and uh, had no interest really in the outdoors, knew very little about it. Good man. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, when um, you said Yankee fan, Fred, I was like, I knew Zach was going to say something, but if, if our executive producer, Bob Page, was here, he'd be like, mm, he'd be turning your mic off or something because he's a Red Sox fan. Well, we'd love to be hated, but in any case, uh, <laughs> uh, after college, I, I took journalism, and after college, I was looking for a job, and back in 1982, so this is over 30 years ago, they were starting the Nature Series on PBS, and I got a job, and I got hired for about six months. And I thought, you know, I'll get some experience and move on to what I really want to do, which is sports. And, um, you know, lo and behold, 32 years later, I'm, I'm with, uh, still with Nature. So I never really studied natural history. My background isn't in it, but uh, I must say I'm probably one of the very, one of only among a handful of people who've seen more natural history films than anybody else. Wow. 
You know, it's amazing how life kind of takes you around because when I started in college, I wanted to be like Dr. Suzanne Toper here, a veterinarian. Um, that didn't work out for me. <laughs> so I ended up in broadcasting. And um, so then I graduated in broadcasting and I tried all of my being to get into television back then. And you're talking back in the 1980s. It was tough. I mean, I got that catch 22. Okay, you got your degree, but you don't have the experience. And it was really tough to get in. And I ended up getting into radio. And 30 years later, I'm still in radio, and I'm hosting a pet show. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of interesting. But, you know, some of the uh, many of nature's most memorable presentations have been produced by you, Fred Kaufman. And um, Bears of the Last Frontier, Christmas in Yellowstone, Deep Jungle, Africa, Hummingbirds, Magic in the Air, Dogs That Changed the World, My Life as a Turkey, Inside the Animal Mind, Echo, An Elephant to Remember, and Cloud, Wild Stallion of the Rockies. Right. Those are just some of the things that you've been involved with, but you've worked with so many different species out there. I would imagine that your education on all these different kind of creatures like bees and trees and everything else has been phenomenal. But the one thing that really kind of jumped out at me, and I guess because of present time, besides what we're talking about with the penguins, is you did a series, I believe, um, with some celebrities, and one that you did was Dolphins with Robin Williams. Right. What was that like? Because he's a remarkable man. Well, you know, we did a series, it was called In the Wild, and um, we, we had Robin Williams, and we had Julia Roberts, and uh, Anthony Hopkins, and Meg Ryan, and uh, really a, a load of A-list celebrities, and basically we went to them and said, if you could have uh, an encounter in the wild with any animal you want, who would you, who, what would it be? And so um, they would come back to us with what they would want to do, and Robin Williams wanted to, to do something with dolphins. And so um, it was a wonderful show. He was excited and enthused. But, but here's the thing that nobody knows. Um, we were doing shooting in the Bahamas uh, at a research facility there. And, of course, you know uh, celebrities of that caliber. You have to fly them first class and, yep. and put them up and everything. He flew himself um, in his private jet to the Bahamas at no cost to us. Wow. So he, he got himself there. He did the work we needed him to do, uh, and then he left. And it was, a, it was very generous of him to, to do that and not burden the production because, as you know, we're PBS, and we just don't have an endless uh, stream of money to, to do that kind of thing. So it was very generous of him. And uh, he swam with wild dolphins, and it was just hysterical. First of all, we all know how funny he was, but, you know, when he, he needed to be serious and, and sort of convey information, he did that as well, and he was so sincere and gentle, and, um, and, and the show is probably one of my favorite shows. Um, yeah, I mean, he made us laugh for so many years. That's like a, a true talent that, that has been lost. And, um, yeah. you know, and that's the one thing, I mean, there's se several people that I've met and had the privilege of meeting um, through Talking Pets and, and like Betty White, for instance, and even Joan Rivers and all. And, and that was one of the things that they said is that that's what makes them continue on. I mean, Betty's 92 now, and she says what makes her happy is to make people laugh. Yeah. So yeah. I would imagine the same thing with Robin. But, you know, also to uh, develop and fund programming, you, Fred, um, ha have forged major international co-production partnerships with the BBC and National Geographic Television, and has collaborated with uh, Monterey Bay Aquarium and the San Diego Zoo, which I know quite well, and Wild Animal Park. And you continue with your filmmakers and scientists from around the world, but you're a member of the Directors Guild of America and the Writers Guild of America as well. So your credentials are fantastic. 
Well, you know, nature films, the kind you watch on PBS, cost usually at a minimum a half a million dollars, and they go well beyond that. And because nature films are appreciated all over the world, because for the most part you just take out the narration and you put in the the narration in the language of the country you're you're selling it to, um, it travels anywhere you go. And so we always look for co-production partners to to help um, split the cost with us. Well, 13's Penguin, Spy in the Huddle, a nature special presentation. It's debuting on Wednesday, September 24th, 2014 on PBS. We're going to talk a little bit about what you're going to be able to experience by watching this Penguin Encounter with Mr. Fred Kaufman, of course, the executive producer of the series. We'll be right back. We're going to take a little break. We'll continue on with Fred. Fred, don't go away. We have a lot more to talk about. We're also going to give away a couple compliments of the uh, Nature PBS. So we're going to give away some DVDs, so stay tuned for that. Matter of fact, let's give one away right now. So for the number three caller, the third caller to call in to 844-287-2876, compliments of the BBC Earth and Penguin Spy in the Huddle. Uh, of course, Nature PBS, you're going to get a copy of the series. And we'll talk a little bit about what you're going to see with these penguins because there's three different species we're going to be talking about with Mr. Fred Kaufman. But the third caller to come in right now to Zach at 844-287-2876. You're going to get a copy. And this is pretty cool because it's penguins spy in the huddle. And the DVDs that they sent, it's got this penguin kind of jumping right out at you on the DVD, which is it's awesome adorable. in itself. It's it is. 3D and there's a baby. Yep, there's a baby in it. So um, this is yours. Third caller, 844-287-2876. I'm John Patch. And I'm Dr. Suzanne Toper. And I'm Lexi Lapp. This is Talking Pets. <laughs> We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. I have learned a lot about penguins. I know they don't live in France. They live near the South Pole, near the Antarctic Circle. And welcome back to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. And Dr. Sue Toper. Lexi Lab. 
and we're, Zach the Bear. And we're speaking with Fred Kaufman. He is the executive producer of 13's Penguin Spy in the Huddle, a nature special presentation debuting on Wednesday, September 24th, 2014 on PBS. And it was very nice, actually, of uh, the BBC Earth and all to send us DVDs to give away even before this is airing. And uh, we've, we've given one away already. Um, so, Robert, in Donovan, Missouri. Congratulations, Robert. We're going to ship this out to you, so you'll be able to watch this series. Fred Kaufman, it's a three-part series narrated by actor David Tennant. Deploys 50 spy cams to record many first-time images of penguin behavior. Now, you guys used, like I said, there were three different species of penguins that you guys center eyes on, but uh, center the attention on. But th the thing is, is, with these spy cams, like, what were they? I heard some of them looked like penguins and rocks and eggs and stuff. Is that true? Yeah, we, we had life-size penguin models. <clears throat> that were actually designed and built by, you know, the, the people who work on Hollywood feature films. And we put cameras uh, in the eyes of these model penguins. And um, we put cameras disguised as rocks. Cameras were disguised as snowballs. Uh, cameras disguised as little penguin chicks. We even have uh, an egg cam, a penguin egg that's actually a camera. And in and, and this kind of astonishing little moment, one of the, uh, the skewer, which is a predatory bird, came down thinking it was a penguin egg and wanting to predate on it, grabbed the egg, went up in the air with it, and for a few moments we have the, the visual from the egg cam of this bird, this, this camera, this egg cam in the clutches of the, this bird's talons uh, flying over a penguin colony. <laughs> So yeah, they were disguised so cool. as different things, and uh, because of it, we even had a robotic uh, penguin camera that swam under the water. Uh -huh. And so it was very ambitious, and yet we got some incredible stuff, perspectives that people haven't seen before. Now, you had the one in the bird's talons and stuff, but what about those ones that were swimming underwater? Any attacks by sea lions or anything like that? No, no, it, but it, it had this little motor behind it, so it actually looked like a real penguin until it turns around, but it's got these nice perspectives of the, uh, of the um, Humboldt penguin swimming underwater. Brad, how long of a time period did it take to get all of the footage? Like, how long did this go on? Well, you know, uh, natural history films tend to take a long time. This film took about a year to shoot, which I know sounds like a long time, but actually it, it, it isn't when you're considering all the behaviors you're trying to capture over the course of the year. And one of the reasons we didn't need a whole lot of time is because we had so many cameras out there, we were able to, to get everything we needed in that one year. In fact, for the three hours, over a thousand hours were filmed, which is just mind-boggling. A thousand hours of footage to make a one, to make three-hour film. That's amazing. And they ultimately handed that footage over. They shared that footage with the penguin scientists who believe they have between five and ten years worth of research in all the various footage and behaviors that they've seen uh, that, uh, that was recorded. Now again, 13's Penguin Spy in the Huddle on Nature Special Presentation debuts Wednesday, September 24th on PBS. Um, you can actually check it out Wednesday, September 24th, October 1st and 8th, uh, 2014 at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on PBS. Check your local listings, of course. But then after the broadcast, after it actually airs, the episodes will also be available at uh, pbs.org forward slash nature. So if you want to check it out there, you can as well. Now, I, as I promised, I was saying that we would talk about, you know, the different species of penguins, and they do vary quite a bit. 
Now, the first one was uh, the Antarctica breeding ground um, of the emperor penguins, and that's what you center the attention on, which I think is fascinating because one of the things, I've seen some stuff like this on these penguins, and is it true, Fred, that if that, when, they, when the mom gives birth, that egg, if it even touches the ice, it's gone, right? Yeah, yeah, very, very vulnerable. So I, what do they do? I mean, because I understand that you actually show birth. Am I right? At the yeah, of no, egg? We, we show the, the actual laying of the egg, which, which was a, a filming first. I mean, so usually you see uh, the little, little chick coming out from between the mother's fur, but in this case we actually had our camera on the mother uh, giving birth, and then she sort of, uh, you know, separates her feet in a way where when the, the egg sort of gently drops, it doesn't go very far, but when it does come out, it sort of lands on her feet, so it never actually touches the the, uh, the ice. It's amazing too the how cold it is there, and uh, and the snow and the wind and the ice, and it's like there's no way I'm surviving there for a second. <laughs> well, here's the real um, sort of adventure of filming in Antarctica. Um, there were two people who were sent there, and they had to live there for nine months because once you're there, uh, because of the weather conditions, you can't get out. Um, you know, once you're you're spending uh, any time there, you know, flights are very limited, and and for the period that they were shooting, they they couldn't leave. So they were shooting virtually every day in that kind of weather, and uh, and unable to leave. I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd have you, to spend two think, years you know, in the John, tropics think, after what that. What kind of guy has that kind of energy and and has that spirit? Well, it turns out all of that footage was shot by a woman. Really. Yeah. Well, you go. All right. She's thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> and not surprised. <laughs> it was actually a French camera woman who started as a penguin researcher, so she understood penguin behavior very well, and she was accepted down at the uh, research station in Antarctica, and uh, she filmed there before, and she was the logical choice to do this, and so she was familiar with uh, what it would be like to, to shoot in Antarctica. You know, it's interesting, too, because speaking of the females, actually, the flipper fights that uh, take part in the uh, emperor penguins, what's that all about? They're fighting over, the, over mates? Well, they fight over mates, and they even fight over, chick, over chicks. There's one scene, which is, it, you know, it, anything penguins do looks humorous, you know, because they waddle, and they, they're shaped like footballs, and they slip, and they fall. So whenever they're doing anything, they kind of look funny doing it. But there was one scene which was really tense where, the mothers were um, chasing after this one chick. I'm not sure, we're not sure if they thought um, it was their chick or their chicks didn't survive and their instinct moved them to search out another chick that they could raise. And there was one chick that was sort of off without its mother. And these mothers are sort of chasing it and, and it, it's kind of nasty because they're, they're sort of going after it and trying to attack it and uh, trying to, you know, raise that, that instinctual drive is so strong they, they want to raise that chick and, and the poor chick was getting knocked down and uh, it was like a rugby scrum, you know, they were trying to get away and, and they kept chasing it and finally it ended up with its true mother. Every, uh, this whole discussion just makes you want to watch this series. Penguins Spy in the Huddle, a nature special presentation. It's airing on three consecutive Wednesdays, September 24th, October 1st, and 8th, uh, 2014th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on PBS. Check your local listings. Uh, after the broadcast, you can also check it out on pbs.org forward slash nature. Fred, can you stay with us a couple more minutes, of course, because I want to talk about the Rock Hoppers and the Humboldts. Sure. We'll be right back with Fred Kaufman, the executive producer of Nature, PBS. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Suzanne Topper. I'm Lexi Lab. The Bear. This is... 
Talking Pets. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hey there, pet parents. This is Christy Vaughn, host of The Doggy Dish. Do you love your furry companion? Do you love making him or her healthy treats but can't seem to find the time? Great news. The Doggy Dish is the perfect show for you. Every episode is chock full of healthy and easy recipes that are made with ingredients you most likely have on hand. Tune into The Doggy Dish for yummy and healthy recipes for your canine kids. Every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. With this hour's Talking Pets news from the USA Today, here's your host, John Patch. Out of Bismarck, North Dakota, wildlife officials have reduced the official weight of the gold eye caught by a nine-year-old velvet boy in uh, July in Lake Audubon. But it is still the biggest fish of its type ever caught in the state and will be considered for a world record. The new weight, 4 pounds, 3 ounces. Dr. Sue? In Honolulu, Hawaii, a 40-year-old man suspected of harassing an endangered monk seal last week has been charged with a felony and jailed. John. And listen up, KBNPR uh, affiliate in Portland, Oregon. Federal officials have warned Oregon Health and Science University that primates at a research center are receiving inadequate care. An inspection followed an outbreak of fighting last year that injured 15 rhesus macaque monkeys and left six dead. In Salt Lake City, Utah, Bureau of Land Management workers are removing two dinosaur tracks in Moab to prevent them from being damaged. The agency says in a statement the tracks were collected after they came away from cliff edges naturally due to erosion. In Durham, New Hampshire, New Hampshire may have a tiny seacoast, but that doesn't stop people from hauling out oysters. Now, the state fish and game department says oyster season is open from September through May. It's only open to granite staters, and the uh, shellfish can only be taken for personal consumption. No sales are allowed. In Savannah, Georgia... The city is considering shutting down horse carriage tours when the temperature exceeds 98 degrees or the heat index is over 110 degrees. That's slightly lower than the existing rules. And in uh, Mankato, uh, Kansas, a game warden is asking the public for help to find anyone connected to the shooting death of seven American white pelicans. Jewel County game warden Mike Peterson says he found the federally protected bird shot to death in uh, Lovewell Reservoir. In Barron, Wisconsin, a 47-year-old man is due in court next month after officials discovered 25 dead cows on his farm. 
And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. We welcome your calls and questions, of course, at 844-287-2876. We're speaking with Fred Kaufman. He's the executive producer of, of course, Nature PBS. We're talking about penguins spy in the huddle. That's going to be coming up on uh, PBS, so stay tuned for that. But again, you can uh, also check us out at TalkinPets.com, T-A-L-K-I-N-Pets.com, TalkinPets.com. And please join us on Facebook and Twitter. At the top of the homepage there, you'll see the icons. Click on those, and you can become part of our family on a regular basis. But once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Suzanne Topper. I'm Lexi Lapp. And if you're ever in the Florida market, you want to visit Dr. Suzanne Topper, you can do so at Livingston Animal and Avian Hospital. this song in one of the penguin movies for disney or something like that i think they did i don't know i think they did i'm pretty sure they did it's in despicable me which i didn't know oh yeah yeah that one too mm-hmm. i like that movie <laughs> i like happy feet it is a cool happy movie. feet was a cool movie that's yeah. the one i was thinking about happy, happy feet. feet i think they did use it in that i think they did maybe was it maybe the wrong. second one maybe yeah maybe i think it was the second one, one. Yeah. i'm pretty sure it was the second one well, once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. We're speaking with executive producer uh, for Nature PBS. We're talking about penguins uh, spy in the huddle. And um, what we're going to do right now is we gave one away, of course, the DVD to Robert in Donovan, Missouri. And we got another one here we're going to give away. So call right now at 844-287-2876. It's got a really cool penguin on the front of it. And uh, BBC Earth was very uh, gracious to send us these so we can give them away. So call and it's yours. Uh, 844-287-2876, but you got to be the fifth call, number five. So the fifth call to come into Zach, our producer there at the network at ATRN, America's Talk Radio Network. Call, and it's yours, 844-287-2876. And you could have the DVD, Penguins, Spy in the Huddle. And uh, we were talking about the uh, Antarctica region with the Emperor Penguins with, uh, of course, Mr. Kaufman, Fred Kaufman. And now I want to find out a little bit about the Rockhopper Penguins. Where are these guys located, Fred? Auckland Island, Argentina. And a little bit about these guys. These guys, do they live in rocks or something? They nest in rocks? Well, they they got their name because they literally live on these this sort of rocky shore and and so they jump. They frequently jump to to get themselves up over the rocks. And uh in fact, when we first meet them coming out of the ocean, um, there's a quite a, a rocky cliff that they have to scale, and they and uh, it it looks awful because they get up on these rocks, and then a huge wave comes, knocks them down, and they keep trying, and you you see how they fall, and you think, how are they getting up? How are they not injured? But they must be so incredibly well insulated with blubber that they just pick themselves up, and they you know they 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 keep hopping and jumping until they get a. Uh, get above that ocean and above that cliff. You know, it's amazing, too, in the series um, of, of Spy in the Huddle, um, you, there's some sections that you show where some of the penguins have lost their chicks to, like, predators, and other penguins, they kidnap the other ones? Babies? <laughs> Is that well, true? Yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking about earlier with uh, with the emperor penguins, that um, the, the instinct to raise a chick is so strong that if you lose yours, you... You will look for another one because they, 
they only lay one egg, and so they invest all this time and effort into raising one offspring. And um, yeah, is that one uh, offspring? How often? Is that per year? Yeah, one per year. Yeah. Wow. No wonder why they were. Out. <laughs> That's mine. Get away. <laughs> now, also, you uh, the the third part of the series, and of course, again to reiterate, Penguin Spy in the Huddle, a nature special presentation. It's airing on three consecutive Wednesdays, September twenty fourth, October first, and, and the eighth of October at eight p.m. Eastern time on PBS. You can check your local listings, of course, and if you by chance miss it, then you can watch it at pbs.org forward slash nature and we're speaking of course with fred kaufman the executive producer of the series for nature and the other group that we're going to talk about is they're kind of a shy and rarely filmed humboldt's where where do you find these guys humboldt penguin named after the humboldt current the ocean current and they're found in peru and they're um they are shy and not easily approachable um and they live in this desert and a couple of really noteworthy scenes that one in particular is the first time there are vampire bats that live um sort of share that that habitat with them and there's footage of a ha- of a vampire bat sucking blood off a humble penguin and if you've never seen a vampire bat i don't think i want to along yeah. the ground <laughs> it's a very creepy sight to see their teeth are incredibly sharp so uh, very often, in fact, most of the time, animals don't even feel that they're being cut. This is happening at night. And they have this anticoagulant in their saliva. So your blood doesn't easily coagulate when you're cut. So it makes lapping up or drinking blood pretty easy for them. Did any of the uh, you guys filming or anything get attacked by these vampire bats? No. No? No. no. You didn't like have to like throw dirt in their face or anything? You know, I did a film many years ago where the cameraman did allow himself to get um, cut by a vampire bat. Really? Yeah, he sat in a chair. It was at night. It was in an area that the bats did frequent. And we had a a camera on him, and he sat very, very still. And um, sure enough, a vampire bat. He was sitting in a chair, and his arms, his his hands were just dangling beneath him. So his his hand was just... um, you know, less than a foot off the ground. And sure enough, a vampire bat came over and sliced his finger and started drinking his, you know, drinking the blood. Okay, did this guy turn? I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> because if you said yes, <laughs> they are real. <laughs> now, some of these, uh, the Humboldts actually had to deal with, like, booby bird colonies and gangs of fur seals and potentially deadly sea lions as well, correct? Yeah, they have to navigate through. It's a real gauntlet of, of terror. They have to navigate to get to the ocean through this colony of sea lions that, you know, are looking to attack them and swat them and knock them down. And these were the penguins where also these birds, um, uh, they're called caracaras and skewers. I mean, they're predatory birds that are looking for any opportunity to steal and grab eggs. And and with these penguins, that's the scene where uh, a skewer did come down, grab an egg. Fortunately, it was our egg cam and took it away and... Uh, um, ultimately dropped it and, and destroyed it. We had a handful of some of our animatronic cameras destroyed because, um, you know, it's just the nature of the business that these things are going to get beat up and knocked over and, and lost. 
Well, I'll tell you, you know, I know just from this conversation, a lot of people are going to be tuning in, you know, to watch this series. And uh, congratulations to James out in Missouri as well. You're getting a copy of the DVD, Compliments of the BBC Earth, Penguins Spy in the Huddle, and it's the Emperors, the Rockhoppers, and the Humboldts. So you can watch this on DVD video, and it's coming out to you. So, and again, if everybody wants to check it out, 13's Penguins Spy in the Huddle, a nature special presentation is debuting on Wednesday, September 24th, which is right around the corner, on PBS. And it also is going to be airing on October 1st and the 8th. Now, Fred, each is it like each group is going to be on a different day? Is that how it is? Episode 1, 2, and 3? No, it's actually each group is featured in each show. It's just this kind of chronology. It sort of starts when the penguins are coming to land from the ocean and they're looking for a mate. Um, and then it goes from looking for a mate, mating, laying the eggs, you know, and then raising the chicks. So it's this chronological story from, you know, coming to land and ultimately giving birth and raising chicks. And all three penguins are in each hour. Well, Fred, it was a great honor having you on the show with us. And I want to thank you for spending the time with us and filling us in, you know, about the series coming up. And uh, I look forward to, to uh, with your background in animals and everything, I hope to work with you again, uh, you know, on the show and talking pets here and then let people know about what's out there. Well, you're very nice. I appreciate it, too. Thank you. Thank you, Fred. Have a great rest of the weekend. Thank you. That's Fred Kaufman, executive producer for Nature PBS, of course, uh, part of uh, WNET in New York. So uh, BBC, that is BBC Earth, Penguin Spy in the Huddle. The Emperors, the Rockhoppers, and the Humboldts. That's pretty cool. It's fascinating. He's a fascinating guy. He, you can tell he is so well-versed. And, and the cool part is, as he said, his background wasn't in it, but look at what he's lo- learned mm-hmm. through these years. Through the it's experience of everything. Yeah. And, yeah, it's amazing. And his background, like I said, with some of the other stuff that he's gotten into, and sub, it's, it's amazing. I mean, his background in film and, and animals and all and everything that he's done for, the nature, for Nature PBS, it's really cool. So, you know, congratulations to uh, Robert and James and all. And, um, also, you know, you're getting a copy of the DVD, so congrats on that. Enjoy it. But like I said, uh, again, uh, Penguin Spy in the Huddle, a nature special presentation. It's airing in three consecutive Wednesdays, September 24th, October 1st, and October 8th um, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on PBS. And again, check your local listings. Now, after the broadcast, the episodes will be available for online streaming at pbs.org forward slash nature. So you want to definitely check that out. And uh, great honor to be speaking with Fred Kaufman. That was a really cool guy. Absolutely. And like he said, think of the research that was done and that will be used. It's, you know, it's so remarkable. Absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, it, the, when he was talking, you could tell when he was talking about the penguins and everything that he did, he just painted that picture. Mm-hmm. And, and it really did make you want, you know, listening on radio, you don't know the visual, but it made you want to actually go and watch this. Yep. So once again, uh, Fred Kaufman, executive producer for Nature PBS. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Suzanne Toper. I'm Lexi Laugh. And the bear. And we are open to your medical questions and your behavior questions about your pets. So pick up the phone and give us a call. When we come back, we're going to go to Robert, has a question about his dog. So we'll find out what that is. 844-287-2876 is our toll-free number. 844-287-2876. Pick up the phone and give us a call. This is Talking Pets. Talking Pets. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive 
and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Hi, this is T.O.D. Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters, too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Suzanne Topper. I'm Lexi Lapp. That was and, Happy Feet. <laughs> and Freddie Mercury. Is that from Happy Feet? Yeah, I, oh, played, it? I played it from Happy Feet. Oh, okay. I thought you were Penguins. just telling me I need to find somebody to love. No, Penguin. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the number is 844-287-2876. We just got done speaking with the executive producer of Nature, PBS. Uh, and we were talking about, of course, the Penguins, Spy in the Huddle. It's going to be on... September 24th, the 1st and the 8th on PBS, so check it out, Nature PBS. And um, also, uh, we gave a couple uh, DVDs away to uh, some listeners, of course, and Robert was one of them, and he's got a dog question for Dr. Suzanne Topper from Livingston Animal and Avian Hospital. And Robert, you're in, am I saying that right, is it Donovan, Missouri? Yeah, uh, yes, sir, it is. Cool, and congratulations on winning a DVD, you're going to love that series. Oh, well, thank you. We'll get that out to you. What's going on with your dog? Well, uh... She has these little kind of spots on her back, and uh, they turn to scabs, and they they seem to be getting bigger, or not bigger, but more of them. In in a, they're spreading out in a larger area, and they they kind of turn to a scab, and she'll get underneath uh, whatever she can find and rub. Okay. Like if you got your legs crossed, she'll rub under your foot. Mm-hmm. Like they itch, and I'm just wondering if you have any idea what that might be. Well, a couple things, and maybe more than one thing going on, Robert. And again, our disclaimer is we would never propose to give an actual diagnosis over the phone, but I can give you some ideas, and then you can go to your veterinarian with her. But the thing that we see a lot with skin issues is, number one, allergies, allergic skin disease, and uh-huh. then... 
a lot of the time, a high percentage of the time, the dog will get a secondary bacterial and or yeast or fungal infection. And that's because they traumatize the skin and the hair follicles, as you described. They'll rub and itch, and then the normal bacteria on the skin can overgrow, or they can get an infection, and they'll get a staph infection, what we call a pyoderma. When when you were talking about allergies and stuff like that, though, and he's saying on the top of the back, is it like um, a trait of like flea allergy dermatitis, for instance, if it's on the tail, like right above the tail on the backside? Yes, John, that, that's uh, common. Yes, and, sir, it is. Uh, yeah. just, just on the head side of her tail, you know, towards the head. Right. And now they're, they're spreading out, uh, even down along her side a little bit. Yeah, and that, Robert, there are so many things they can be allergic to, fleas being one of them, as John mentioned, and certain ones of them will have different distributions that'll give us a clue as to what might be a more common thing, but fleas, for sure, the base of the tail and the, the back part of the back end, that's very common, they'll lose hair and they'll, they'll um, itch and scratch and get all red, and sometimes, of course, yeah, you'll she, see the she fleas. Hasn't, doesn't seem to have lost any hair yet. How old is she, Robert? How, how, how old is the dog? Uh, she's seven and a half. Seven and a half. Yeah. And is wh- this the first time she's done it, or is this a thing uh, she's done before? Well, it seemed like she did it last summer too. Okay. So and then that, during you know, the winter, it doesn't seem to be so prevalent. Right. If it's seasonal like that, then very often it can be an allergy to something that's out that time of year, like weeds, grass, pollen you know, trees, molds, and, and we see that a lot. Oh, the only okay, way to know I exactly see. what is to allergy test them. But sometimes if it's seasonal, you can control them. And, of course, treat the secondary infections with either medication or shampoos or a combination of those sorts of things. I'm okay. curious, Robert, do you have your dog also on, like, a flea medication? Uh, yes, sir. We, we treat her once a month with uh, oh, some stuff we can uh, often get it. uh I, I can't think of the name of it, but it's something from uh, a vet somewhere. Okay, good, good. Then if it's coming from your vet, then it's a it's a good medication yeah, to put yeah, on. Yeah, so. it's good stuff. It, it should be good. It's expensive. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all know that. <laughs> Sometimes you get what you pay for, though, Robert. Yeah, that's true. Very yeah, true. That's what I figured. Yeah, but I would take her in because she may need some antibiotics or some other medication depending on, you know, I always think of skin issues as layers of things. You can have an allergy and then you get a secondary bacterial or maybe even a yeast and you have to kind of work through the layers and treat things until you get to the main problem and then address that one. So expect that it, it might take a little time, but you can certainly get her straightened out. Okay, well, that's great. I'll do that. Thank you. You're welcome, Robert, and enjoy the uh, DVD from uh, BBC Earth, Penguins Spy in the Huddle, because I know you won one of those, so enjoy it, and good luck with your dog. Thank you very much. I will enjoy that. Thanks, Robert, and thanks for tuning in. Bye now. That's Robert in Donovan, Missouri. By the way, Robert, spread the word. Tell everybody else to tune in to Talking Pets here out in Missouri. We'd like to hear from you guys. 844-287-2876. 844-287-2876. You know, I, I heard, you know, doing the show so long and, you know, with, you know, different doctors and different people and so on and so forth. But I had one thing that someone told me, like, when they have, like, when a dog has, like, a skin problem like that, mm-hmm. is you can take bath water, like, bath water, like, fill your bath up. Not all the way, of course. Um, but and then put like a cap, no more than a cap, of Listerine and pour it in the water. And that that little cap of Listerine in the water kind of helps the bacterial 
I mean, that's like one of those home remedies. But yeah, I, I've that's heard a it work, though. I've heard it before, and I certainly don't see any harm unless unless the dog becomes more itchy, you know, like sensitive to it or something. But the theory being, again, you're trying to cut down the bacteria on the skin. So, right. you know, I've not ever done it, honestly, John, although I've heard it. But it would depend on how bad the infection was to me, too. When you take the dog to the veterinarian like yourself, though, I mean, do you, like, when you give medications and stuff like that, how would you stop that dog from scraping that back and itching no yeah that's a great question and sometimes if just taking care of the bacteria alone because the excess bacteria will make them itch will help to relieve it but very often we use antihistamines on them um in some cases and again you would never do this without your veterinarian and if they're very severe we may even have to use a little bit of steroids there are some other wonderful drugs out there now that uh, that are going to be available to help with the itch cascade that you want to talk to your veterinarian about as well and see what's right with your dog but yeah there's a lot of things we can do well, once again, you've been listening to Talking Pets. I want to thank Fred Kaufman, the executive producer from Nature PBS, for joining us. We're, of course, talking about the show that's going to be on PBS, so you can tune into that, which is a special series, and it's Penguins Spy in the Huddle. I'm John Patch. I'm Dr. Sue Toper. I'm Lexi Lapp. The Bear. Spay new to your pets, help control the pet population. If you're looking to adopt a pet, make sure you go to your local animal shelter or your rescue group and adopt from there. And don't forget, check out TalkinPets.com, no G in the Talking, and join us on Facebook and Twitter. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.